The following program may, and likely does, contain mature content unsuitable for younger listeners, up to and including conversations of a sexual nature. Simon and Chris are kinky dudes. So if you're then less than legal age, shield your ears, child. Or don't. I'm not your dad. Anyway. Yeah. So it's all about the fans, right? Uh, something oh. like that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Roll the intro. Hello, Hello, and welcome to Teabags and Joysticks, the kinky video game podcast. I'm Sai. Hello, I'm Chris. And today we are joined by... My name is Hunter, and it's uh, nice to see you guys. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Hunter? I'm doing better now, but it's been a very chaotic couple of weeks. I can imagine. Yes. Yeah. It's... Uh... I, I think it's, well, we'll get into that soon, I think. But do you want to just uh, introduce yourself and tell people a little about who you are? Because everyone uh, kind of knows us at yeah, this point. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I'm Hunter. I go by the name Wasp Hunter. Um, I'm a top OnlyFans creator. I'm ranked at about 1.6%. Um, it's a, a duo kind of collaboration with my partner and I. Um, and so that's that's a little bit of our, our independent venture and in, in what we do. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of like why why well okay no let let's kind of go back like you've been intending to come onto the show for a little while now yes, because yeah. we've been yeah, talking we've back been and forth about doing a couple on. of different collaborations, mm-hmm. and then OnlyFans kind of did its thing and we went like let's let's like shift the schedule around and get yeah. you in here sooner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Um, it's it's been very chaotic, very terrifying. We're we're learning information um, a little bit later and everything's evolving, but it's it's an ongoing situation. Yeah. I mean, don't you love companies that communicate well? (laughs) And the the frustrating thing is a a lot of the information that's been coming out over the past couple of days has been coming out through news articles. Um, And then we get an email like six hours later from OnlyFans. And so we're we're trying to scramble and figure things out. Um, it's, It's been very chaotic. I I have every sympathy because like we 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 like we're friends outside of all of this and like we talk in the background a little bit and I oh, yeah. like some of the things that you've told me have been going on it's just like really this is the way this is going down mm. absolutely um, and like you're one of the first people I reached out like you know within my friend group and so you got a lot of that like initial panic of like ah what the <laughs> yeah. fuck's going on and so yeah 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 but, but uh, yeah, Sorry, go on, Chris. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, let's let's leave that for like the main topic because that's what we're gonna talk about today, right? For yeah, sure, let, sure. let's start with like how we usually go. Let's let's head into the tea, shall yeah. we? Yeah. And what's the tea, Chris? Okay, so I have got this news article in front of me that's got a really interesting headline. Um, okay. Okay, it says man dies after using glue to seal penis shut instead Ooh. of wearing condom. Wait. Wait, There's a lot, lot to unpack there. <laughs> uh. I'm. Uh, he sealed his penis shut with super glue. Glue or? with okay. epoxy adhesive. Actually, oh, with says, epoxy. Oh, that's my a God. choice right there. <sighs> I mean, oh, wow. I know. I know. There's the brand No More Nails, but like, <laughs> <laughs> you're not nailing anything at that point. So. Like, is there more to this? Like, like you said, he died. So obviously, this didn't end yeah, well. No. Um, so apparently, they have been on drugs. Okay. Uh, and then him and his girlfriend reportedly checked into the hotel, and then they realized they forgot to bring a condom. So he so decided go- to use some 
glue to steal his penis. So I find it interesting that he had epoxy glue on hand in a hotel room, but not. I was about to say this. And if they're using drugs, they probably had you know enough drugs for a good night. But if they don't have enough to prepare for everything else, then it just sounds really irresponsible. I mean. Well, you see, the thing, and maybe this is because drugs is not my world at all, but in my head I'm going, how do you have epoxy and not condoms when you're staying the night in the hotel? Absolutely. Epoxy is not a thing that you just randomly find in your hotel wardrobe. No. (laughs) Apparently there's a bit of an explanation why they have glue. Like, apparently the couple brought the glue with them as they sometimes inhale it for a kick. Okay. Right. Okay. The okay. plot thickens, and so I it was mean, already on hand. They were already familiar with it, and it's like, hey, we don't have rubbers. Let's lather some on. Mm. That's interesting. Um, I, I would mean, really, I would want to read a toxicology report of of the person that passed away and saw <laughs> what really happened, because that's yeah, that's the thing that comes to my mind here is okay. Was it the actual blockage that caused the issue? Because like, you can get sounds and things that. Like the entire point is to block the end, right? So is this like a safety thing where like if you're blocking the end when you like finish or something, or is this like was it longer term? Does it give any sort of indication on that? I I'm not entirely sure, but um, uh, the article does say he died of multiple organ failure. Oh, um, but oh, so that makes what, me wonder if like the epoxy was, went in his like urethra or something, or if there was like a weird absorption yeah, thing that I happened. Don't know. I, if it was the epoxy itself or other drugs that they might have been using, I I I have no idea. I mean, you do have to be careful with silicon. Um, like sil- like silicon injections are a thing that people do. That's yeah. like not to yuck anyone's yum. It's a really really risky practice. Oh yeah. Uh, and there was a case a few years ago of someone whose dom had injected it into their penis and it got into the bloodstream and it yeah. caused organ failure because basically yeah, yeah. the way it yeah. clogs arteries and things. So I'm wondering if this was maybe that. Was, yeah, but, uh, I mean, that's a rough way it to is. go. Like, it really mm, is. And sympathy like, w- to the families. And I want to make like assumptions or questions about this. Like, I feel like this may have happened in the United States. I don't know if that's true or not. Does it say? It no? happened in India. Oh, wow. In India, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that, I mean, like, is already shifting my assumptions about what I thought happened. That's intense. That, I mean, the only thing you can say to that really is, like, sympathy to the family is, like... Right. Oh, that's... Yeah, that's rough. So, that's what about yourself, head. Hunter? Do you uh, have any tea that you wish to share? Oh, gosh. Any tea? Um, other than the <laughs> stuff we're going to be talking about later. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I have any any exciting tea. Um, I I try to stay away from as much drama as I can. Even though I'm very much out there in some ways, I I tend to be very private uh, in other ways. And so that's kind of insulated Mm -hmm. me and kept me safe. (laughs) No, that's cool. Um, Well, in which case, I'll go ahead with my tea, which is is to say to everyone, do me a favor. If you're listening to this and this applies to you, just kind of... Assuming that you can do this and you're not in public and it's going to cause a scene, like just have a like wander your hand downstairs and just like feel your balls and give them a check. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Daddy Sai is going to sit here and just like encourage you to like just fondle yourself for a moment and just check everything's good down there. And the reason why I'm doing this is um, we mentioned in the last episode that I was having a few health issues, but we never actually said what. Mm. Um, so I had a testicular cancer, cancer scare a few weeks ago. Whoa. Um, like we, 
well, yeah. I say we, I, uh, found a lump like on my testicles, um, ended up seeing the doctor, got my referral, went and got my tests. Thankfully, it's just a cyst and these things can happen. But like, it's really important, like like for those people that this oh, applies yeah. to, like everyone should check themselves anyway. But like, for for our listeners that do have testicles, like just have a reach down there, just feel for any lumps and bumps and that aren't normal for you, etc. Because everyone says you should do this, everyone goes, oh, like do this in the shower, but no one ever does it. Right. Let's be honest, like we all we all hear this and we like we go, oh, yeah, I'll do that at some point, and then we forget. So like, consider this your reminder and like. I know, yeah. like, people listen to this when they're just, like, chilling or whatever. Just, like, have a, you know... Yeah, there's no harm. Have a rustle. <laughs> I'm curious, what was the, like, the timeline or the turnover rate from you having your scare to making the appointment to actually seeing a physician? So, bear in mind that this is the UK, quite, so your mileage is going to vary quite. depending where you are. Um, so, for me, I found it on, like, it was Friday evening, Saturday morning, like, okay. early hours sort of thing. Found it then... Called my doctor to get an appointment on the Monday. Saw my doctor on the Tuesday. And then one week later, I was in with a specialist, got the scans and everything. And they, because of how it was, they were able to tell me then and there. That's awesome. Um, because it just so happened that on the day I went, they had a gap in their scan appointments. Um, if it hadn't have been then and there, I was told... Uh, basically go away you'll you'll be told to come back within like four or five days or quicker okay. and then they could have told me at that point so like it, that's the thing like if you do find a lump it's like it's scary trust me like mm. I get it I've just been there I've had this whole thing like and yeah. like the boy will tell you like I freaked out I made all of my like like Hunter you talked to me as well like okay, I, yeah. I had a bit of a scare like I had a heart attack moment and like I like absolutely I spoke to dear friends and went, okay, like, there's a few people that I need to make contingency plans for, this, that, and the other. But the thing is, the earlier you find it, the earlier it can be sorted, the earlier and better chances it is. And of all the things, like, it's one of the easier ones to treat. I'm not saying it's not rough, but it's one of the easier ones to treat. Right. But the earlier you find it, the better. I think that's super important. And I think a lot of people need to hear that because it's like... It's it's really scary to to take like the leading role in your health and like always mm-hmm. being the person advocating for yourselves, but it's it's really really important. And I wonder oh, like the differences in terms of like the healthcare system between like the UK and the US. Like how quickly would someone in the US get in? Like how much resources mm-hmm. would we have available? But the the main like trend is like you just got to be on top of yourself and you got to be willing to. Yeah, I, and I mean I agree, but the other thing that I'll say to that is like don't put it off. Like no, I get yeah. in the yeah. US, like there's the whole financial system and everything right, over right. there with healthcare, but like mm-hmm. this, is, this is not something you can mess around with and not not deal with, you know? And the thing is like if you find but what I'll also say is like if you find the lump the day after you can't find it, still get it checked. Mm-hmm. Because that happened with me. Like I could find it one day, I couldn't find it the next. But then it would like I would be able to find it again. And all it was was just like the movement of things down there and the way the body moves. It just like shifted around to a point that I couldn't quite feel it at that moment. Okay. Um, yeah, and actually, what happened with me is when they took me in for the scan, they they looked at it. It's like, yeah, this is definitely a cyst. They also actually found two others that I didn't know were there okay. because I don't check regularly enough. So you would, know. Yeah, but would it be just you kind of 
it, you, when you move around, you find one, but not the other two, and then you keep finding a different one each time. So, so one of them was basically kind of hidden because of the way that everything is down there. Right. Yeah. Um, because it was kind of in amongst the spermatic cords, so like it would have been mm-hmm. difficult for me to feel it. Mm-hmm. The other one was just. I hadn't noticed it, and it was on the other ball. It was on, on the other. I nearly swore it. It was on the other testicle. Okay. So, like, check yourself, guys. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, with the tea, shall we move on to the main tea of the episode? We'll do things in a slightly different order. We'll, well we are tea bags and joysticks. We'll do the bag, as it were, and we'll the move on bag. to like the main topic and talk about like the OnlyFans situation. Ooh, the OnlyFans which... situation. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm calling it at this point, because I'm not sure what else we can really call it. Absolutely... So, for those that aren't familiar with what's happened, uh, Who I'm are you? <laughs> just kind of give like, a quick kind of overview, and then you can fill in any yeah, gaps yeah, that I, sure. I miss. Um... <clears throat> So OnlyFans had been like okay. What is OnlyFans? From a few different. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be honest. If you're listening to this podcast at this point, you know what OnlyFans is. Um, Like anyone who is on the internet for any length of period knows what OnlyFans is. Um, But so I. Like, I know a few OnlyFans creators, I know know yourself, Andrew, I know a couple of others, and it had been kind of a whisper for a while yes. that OnlyFans was kind of getting a little bit uncomfortable with the number of sex workers, etc., on its platform. On the 19th of August, the BBC, which is the UK uh, like biggest broadcaster, most people know of the BBC, even if they've not listened to it, put yeah. out a news report talking about how it handles illegal sex videos after an investigation that they'd done where they'd found that things weren't as good as they should be. Um, they found out in May, in, in mail, yeah, they found out in May that they were failing to prevent under-18s from registering and selling explicit uh, illegal pornography on the website. Um, I think there was one case that they found where a, I think it was a 13-year-old, they report, I can't find it at the second I was reading it earlier but like they reported that um, a young person well, let's not put an age on them, a young person had used their grandmother's passport to register mm. uh, and basically like in amongst this was like failure to enforce certain rules in certain ways and it depend, apparently it depended on how big a creator you were as to how lenient they were and things like that mm. and all of this is alleged by the BBC like I'm just re- kind of repeating what the BBC article states uh, the articles by Noel Tither- Titheridge if I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that correctly my apologies Noel if I'm not um, and then on the 19th of August like I think it was after that came out it might have been around the same time OnlyFans announced that as of October the 1st adult content would not be allowed on their platform um, and oh. all t- to be specific, they would allow nudity on their platform as long as it was non-sexual. Yes, and uh, I have uh, an old copy. It's kind of inert now of what their terms of service were, um, but mm-hmm. it mainly talked about like uh, explicit sexual content, so like masturbation, any sort of penetration. Um, they mm-hmm. said like uh, oral, anal, or vaginal, like all the orifices that there are, any sort of interaction just doesn't work. So it basically yep. left us with like tasteful nudity, um, but even then the rules were really not clear. Like if you zoom in too much at a body part, then it becomes vulgar or explicit. And so 
very just kind of nebulous terms to define that sexual yeah. acts are not allowed. Uh, and the, the like the fallout of this was known immediately. Like you could not go anywhere on the internet and not hear it. I know Stephen Colbert was making oh, jokes yeah. about it on the Late Show. For God's sake, you it know it was like number one on hit. Twitter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, OnlyFans yeah, yeah. was number one. Yeah. I mean, I, I think... was being—I was a little glib on our Twitter, and I, I turned around and went, you know, as of as of October first, OnlyFans may be the most accurate website or company name in the history of the world because that's all that will be left, right. <laughs> you know, because they were planning on, on basically like kicking a lot of creators off. Now, on the twenty-fifth of August, they reversed this policy. Like we we'd schedule this interview by this point, so this has happened oh, yeah. since we last spoke. Yeah. Um, on the twenty fifth, they announced that uh, they had secured the assurances necessary to support our diverse creator community and have suspended the October first policy change. Suspended is the point, operative going, word there. Suspended well, yeah. At this point, word. I'm going to kind of sit back and go like, I guess the first question I'm going to ask you at this point, Hunter, is. Where are you right now? Because I've heard a lot about where the company is. Like I like people aren't properly talking to the creators, and that's one of the reasons I wanted right. to get you on here. Like, where are you in all this? Like, what's been the process for you on your end? Um, obviously, it's been very stressful. Uh, for a couple of days, there was almost like a, a soft porn recession. Um, you know, a lot of content creators didn't know what we were going to do. Um, you know, all, all the stuff I do is with my partner, and it's explicit sex. So, based off of what they announced, our content would no longer be in line with the terms of service. And so mm -hmm. that left me in a position as a content creator. You know, what does that mean? Do I have to delete all of my videos and nuke my channel and my brand? Am I going to have to redirect my audience to another site? Um, I am on Just for Fans, which is uh, more sex worker friendly, and I was on there and established earlier. So I had mm -hmm. a little bit of a foothold and I had somewhere that I could direct my audience. Um, but a lot of content creators lost uh, an incredible amount of money. Um, I know one of the top male content creators, he's a rapper named Taiga, he actually closed his account within 24 hours and is creating his own platform to compete with OnlyFans. So oh, wow. already there is hundreds of thousands of dollars lost even from just single content creators. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's it's pretty devastating. The, the one thing I'll add is we found all of this information out, not from OnlyFans, but from news articles that were communicating with OnlyFans. So they did not contact the content creators directly until after the story had already leaked in the media. Wow. Yeah. And, and that's just, I think that's one of the things that really takes the biscuit for me. Like the the way that this was handled was a PR disaster on a scale that I don't think we've seen since Tumblr. Like, pretty because uh, it, it essentially was going to be, and maybe it still is, depending on the way this ends up shaking down. Because at the moment they've only said the word suspended, which right, you go, you know, if they've not binned it, they'd like this leaves them the option to bring it back later. Um, like this is once again a platform that's built its popularity on the back of sex work and, and adult content and then cut the first sign of resistance pulled the rug and it's like really very much um, so and, and i do want to acknowledge the fact that OnlyFans was not originally a platform for sex workers it did more or less start out as what they were trying to market it and is as like you know connecting to artists or musicians or chefs or whatever that kind of was mm -hmm. what it started out as and mm -hmm. how sex workers even arrived on the platform was a lot of us were fleeing patreon because they were yep. starting to crack down on sex work for similar reasons to what OnlyFans is reporting. Like Visa and MasterCard and these credit card companies really putting the thumb on Patreon. Yep. And as a result, them kind of just 
saying no to sex workers. And so that's how OnlyFans started to even have that content to begin with. Um, but com- so it's- correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't Patreon always not hostile towards sex workers, but a little bit sort of Stomach. dubious as to whether yeah. it was like within their remit type of thing? That I have to be careful on because I've never been on Patreon and so I don't right. know as much of the history. I just know that it was one of the first kind of models for like a subscription based access to mm-hmm. content and that was kind that's of fair. where it started that's, to grow. That's a fair um, point. So yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So you said that there are other platforms out there and a lot of people kind of have looked at this situation and gone, we'll go elsewhere then. Right. It wasn't that simple though because I remember we, like I was, I actually said this to you, like there's other platforms out there. Right. Um, so there's there's different things, you know, different platforms offer different payouts. So, you know, OnlyFans gives you 20% of what you earn. Um, Just for Fans originally gave us 70%. So that's actually a pretty uh, hefty cut. And then when you factor taxes and stuff like that, you know, most content creators take home less than half of what they make. Um, yeah. So it's it's a lot to factor in, um, you know, but luckily the, the industry is kind of changing as a result to what OnlyFans announced. Um, Just for Fans basically said that they're going to be giving 80% payouts now. Um, so that's really, really excellent. And for anyone who was already established there, that just makes them more successful and makes them feel more supported. Um, yeah. In addition to this, a lot of companies and a lot of uh, places similar to OnlyFans have kind of popped up and made themselves known and, and being very pro-sex work. You know, there's mm-hmm. like For My Fans and Fansly and all these things that I didn't even know existed. Um, as a result of of all this that happened, I think there's a similarity to the Tumblr fallout. fallout. Like a lot of a lot of us had to move somewhere else, yeah, yeah. because of the of the yeah Tumblr thing, and and a lot of new websites have popped up as a result as well. Um, I mean, it's definitely a, been a, to a different a strange... to a different degree, of course, because that we weren't really like making a living out of right, right. The Tumblr, <laughs> Tumblr was like one of like the greatest collections of sexual content, and like it just had yeah. everything under the sun, and it was so kink friendly and so niche mm-hmm. specific. Um, so to lose that database, it's almost like the Library of Alexandria burning down. And that thing is kind of happening uh, with Pornhub. You know, Pornhub has purged billions oh, of yeah, videos, yeah. and they recently yeah. did a purge about three weeks ago. There are favorites that i've had for years like for over 10 years that i've been able to watch up until a month ago that are not there anymore um accounts that have been shut down and so they're really cracking down um like across the whole internet with sex work um it's definitely one of the easiest and hardest times ever to be a sex worker i mean i mean at this point maybe this is a good time to mention or kind of move the focus slightly back to where the bbc were which is to say like we kind of get it in the sense that look nobody wants children involved with any of this none of what we're saying here is that children should have access to any of this etc like don't think for a second that we're advocating i mean the the bottom line is this is a knee-jerk reaction to karen it's like ah think of the children (laughs) but it's not that simple like you can think of the children you can protect the children without vilifying an entire industry, an entire set of people. It's it's morality politics all over again. Right. And it just <laughs> seems it seems so cyclical to me because this argument gets leveled every few years at some platform or other and there's the knee jerk reaction and it hurts those involved. Sure. The thing that you've got to remember is like people are making their livings on this. Right. I mean, there's there's the argument and then there's the problem, right? It's think of the children, of course, but then the problem is there are children that are being exploited on these platforms. And as we 
reach this point with things like OnlyFans or Pornhub, you know, you have millions of users that are uploading content from all over the world during all hours of the day. And a lot of the systems that moderate it are automated. Um, I know this because yeah. sometimes I get dinged for things that are supposedly against the rules, but often that's not even what's in my video. And so mm -hmm. it's kind of like, it's, it's enough to let me know that it is random. But if you look at like mainstream websites that don't do porn, like Facebook or Twitter, well not Twitter, but like Facebook and, and stuff like that, they have a content team that moderates millions of videos like yep. forever before it even comes online. And so, and a lot of those people see things that are absolutely horrific um, they mm -hmm. just prevent it mm -hmm. before we ever see it. So when we're talking about porn, it's a whole different industry, and it's there's so much more stuff coming through. There was there was an article on it was on Open Democracy, and I can't remember who wrote it, so I apologize to the writer of the article. But like they were saying, like it's all well and good the BBC taking aim at OnlyFans, but it seems that every time this comes up, they take aim at Pornhub, OnlyFans, they take aim at the adult industry, right? And it's almost like it's because it's an easy target because there is this shame around the adult industry that people not not that like ourselves or, or yourself would have with it because you know sex work is work is the, right. is the bottom line but like there is this collective shame in society around sex right when in actual fact a lot of grooming and all that kind of thing is going on on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, right. on, you know, yeah. you, you name a social media company, it goes on there as well. Right. And it feels like they're taking aim at the easy target. Definitely. And I, I think that's a lot of what we're seeing is kind of porn and sex workers are being looked at as, as a sacrificial lamb. And a lot of people that are pushing these like anti-sex work ideals are t typically conservative. And, and whether that's in the United States or in the UK, there's kind of like this puritanical anti-sex sentiment uh, that's, yeah. that's existed mm -hmm. all the way, you know, to settler colonialism and, and Judeo-Christian history. But it's also really ironic because a lot of these institutions like Judeo-Christian institutions are responsible for some of the worst instances of abuse that happen in institutions. You know, you look at the Catholic church, you look at all of these, these bodies that don't have a way to police their own people um, but are responsible for tremendous amounts of abuse. Yet yeah. these same institutions are pushing the thumb on sex workers. So it's it's frustrating. It's it's incredibly frustrating. It, it, the thing that always fascinates me whenever religion starts getting brought into any of these arguments is you will always have one side that's oh you know it, it's against the religion this that and the other, and you, you kind of sit there and go okay, but what else are you doing that is on a daily basis? Because obviously, like like all three of us, like we're, we're queer to different shades sort of thing. Like we hear these arguments time and time again, whether it's about our identity or what we do in the bedroom or something like that. Like, And the hypocrisy that goes with it is ridiculous. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's a big So I guess my question for you as a creator is kind of, they've now quote unquote walked it back as mm -hmm. it were right like they've suspended the rule change do you feel secure on the platform absolutely not um and i haven't felt secure even before this happened um i had my own personal scare with OnlyFans, and a big part of it was them accusing me of having poppers in my video when i did not have poppers in my video i i've never used poppers it's not something i feature in my content and so mm -hmm. that really cued me into the fact that whoever is running the system it, it is automated um, and even the responses that you get from OnlyFans, they're so strict. They give you a 48 hour window to basically comply with whatever you're saying. And when I'm asking questions and I'm having to defend myself, 
I'm realizing it's actually just easier to just delete what they're saying rather than mm. to make a case. And mm. so I was already kind of cued into the idea that this might not last forever. Um, yeah. There's a bunch of YouTube videos from content creators whose channels were deleted overnight and they don't even know why. Um, it's also written in OnlyFans terms of service that if they do close your account, they can take all of your pending balance, which is usually thousands of dollars. So wow. they well, they can shut that. you out and they can take all of your money and it's not illegal um, and it's it's within the, the framework of the platform. So there's, there's a lot that people don't know about OnlyFans. Also, um, you know, if someone subscribes to you or pays for a piece of content, they can contact their credit card company and issue a chargeback and you actually have to pay for it. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So that's a, another thing. There are people that, you know, every month they'll subscribe to me, download all my videos, then they'll issue a chargeback and I have to pay for it. And my content has been stolen. And so there's no real protection uh, for content creators. Um, I think chargeback is a problem for a lot of content creators. I think I think Twitch streamers have the exact same problem with chargebacks. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a whole situation as to why that happened. There was a couple of other content creators that basically uh, uploaded photos of themselves that were both when they were younger than 18, so they were underage photos, which oh, wow. was already a huge problem. Um, or other instances where they put something up that was advertised as a piece of content that actually just wasn't. And so it's like a photo that's $200 and when you unlock it, it's not what it said it was. And so things like that have actually uh, ch changed the way that OnlyFans works and that's how they issued the chargeback system. Yeah. So mm. their, their response to really a handful of content creators that ruined it for everybody. I mean, it's been a point of controversy with the OnlyFans thing for a while because, like, you're, like you said, it didn't originally have the intention of becoming a platform that sex workers use as heavily as they do, but then it did. And then I know, like, you've got a few different personalities coming in, uh, coming from this sort of angle of, oh, like, well, it's it's exploitation of women, this, that, and the other, and we're going to do this investigation. Yeah, and. No. It was Not very clear again. to me looking at all that go down. It's just like, okay, well, you're coming in here with an angle. You're not coming right. in here to actually talk to the creators. Right. Mm -hmm. um, it definitely feels like a knee-jerk reaction, like a cover-your-ass situation. Um, mm. and, and even though they have walked it back, you know, most creators will agree that the damage has already been done. The breach of mm. trust is already there. A lot right. of people already closed their accounts. They already started deleting their stuff and directing their followers somewhere else. You know, I had people messaging me saying, what's going on? Like, is this your decision or is this with OnlyFans? I have people yeah. messaging me. I'm unsubscribing from all of the content creators I follow. It's nothing personal, but I'm leaving the platform. And so yeah. at minimum, you know, a lot of content okay. creators lost a lot of money and a lot of subscribers that we've been spending months building. And that doesn't change overnight just because OnlyFans changed their mind. Yeah. And I, I think it's that thing, isn't it? Once the confidence gets knocked, it's trying to get that confidence back in like your your fans, literally. <laughs> I was trying to work out what what word to use there, but like fans is the right word because I, you know, yeah. And, and it's like <laughs> subscribers, otherwise. Yeah. I, I guess yeah. my 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 other question is then, where do you see yourself going from here? Because um, obviously, like if you've got the you've got this distrust in this platform, like is that affecting the way that you look at other platforms now? Is that affecting um, how you're I mean, approaching what you do? You know, you definitely don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, right? That's that's what we're always mm -hmm. told growing up. And mm -hmm. so, well, I'm grateful to have the success with OnlyFans. It's not something that I ever want to rely on. And so that is mm -hmm. why I have expanded into other sites. Um, I hope at one point I can be independent and have a website of my own. But even yep. that presents a lot of legal issues. Um, there's a lot of laws tied to pornography. And there's just a lot of things that you have to be aware of that yeah. you don't have to think about when you're posting to OnlyFans because they assume a lot of the liability on your behalf, yeah. um, which is also why they take 20%. And so 
it's it's really confusing and it's really scary but i think the main takeaway for me and for other content creators would be to never rely on a platform in order to make your money um yeah. you know yes we do have intellectual property over our images and what we distribute um but you know if any one website decides that they're not interested in my content anymore then i lose 30 percent of my traffic and so yeah. what, what really has to happen is that people need to take the entrepreneurial mindset that OnlyFans gives you and to mm -hmm. run with it and, and to create something that's completely independent, whether that's your own website or your own service or that's really the way to go. Because the less people you're beholden to, uh, the less people wake up terrified like we did, you know, five days ago with all this stuff. Yeah. No, that, that's I mean, I, I, I think you are right. Like diversification is probably going to be for want of better terms the safe step here i guess because at least if one goes down you've still got some angle Absolutely. but it, it's i think you're going uh, to see a number of websites crop up out of this or come further come to, forward yeah absolutely I mean, it also just depends on what your relationship with sex work is. You know, some people, mm. they do it kind of just as a hobby. Um, for me, it's become something full time for me. It's it's opened so many doors and really changed my life. So for someone like me, I am relying on my ability to engage in this work uh, unless I choose a different career. But for someone yep. else, you know, there are other content creators that have their own jobs and they just kind of do it on the side. And so they're not as dependent on it. But I think the big issue is, is the issue of safety um, because there are different kinds of sex workers. And as someone who does all of my sex work with my partner um, based off of fantasies that we share and it's all online, I'm very safe and I'm very insulated in how I can participate in sex work. But then yep. when you think of other marginalized communities, people who have actual sex and maybe it's on the streets or in hotels and it's harder to negotiate like protection and things like that, you know, OnlyFans is, is something that can be really safe for people like that. And yep. so to not be able to rely on that is, is really, really scary. And it sets a precedent for, for sex work and in general. So I, I think that distinction is so important because it's, it feels good to be a content creator, you know, with my iPhone doing all of this stuff. But that, that isn't what sex work really looks like. You know, mm -hmm. sex work is really, you know, going down to central where I live and, and seeing all of the trans women who have to do it, not because it's fun, but because it's how they live. And so yeah. that's yeah. just like the whole world that we're living in within sex work. But I, I mean, it, it's, I mean, you say the way that you do sex work is not sex work, but I mean, it. I would say that it is, from my understanding, because the the, the content of your income, etc., is based on on you doing sex and putting it out there for people True. as a service, I guess. Yes, yes, for sure. The right word to use here, and, and and it's like, I think people do get a very kind of one track mind of what sex work is. Right. And so, like, I think it's important that we point out, like porn etc is it's sex work like right you know if you if you're if your kind of mainstay revolves around sex it's sex work and but the thing is like another thing that people are kind of forgetting with this and i, I was seeing this when people were like reacting to this on twitter which that's a cesspool in itself in oh, terms of, of the way course. that people reacted let's be honest uh, but like you had like personalities on particular sides of the fence i'm not gonna say what side they were because i'm not getting into that whole debate and politics but like right, right. you had people going oh well you're gonna have to get a real job it's just like you realize one this is the oldest profession oh absolutely and <laughs> two this is a real job right the and, amount of but people then the third point, sorry go on oh no just the amount of people that like showed their hand in being anti-sex work and, and mostly misogynistic that's a big part of mm -hmm. it but but also anti-sex work is is really really telling um, because there's a lot of people that have a lot of rage and anger towards women who are the primarily 
primarily on OnlyFans and the primary content creators. And so the fact that uh, women can have this independence and they can make fuck tons of money and still have agency over their body, that makes some men see red. They cannot mm. handle that. Um, and even just thinking about like incel culture and all of this other stuff, like people hate OnlyFans um, mm -hmm. because it allows you to kind of unplug from like labor. Um, and some people aren't interested in labor. And maybe that sounds really millennial and, and silly, but there are other things that people can offer other than clocking in from a nine to five that can mm -hmm. make you shit tons of money. And people need to know that. But I, I think then there's also the other angle of that, which is what I saw a couple of creators that were speaking out on Twitter say that it's just like, it's not as simple as turning around like let's say like all this all the platforms disappeared overnight it's not as right. simple as turning around and going oh we'll go and get a job right because the thing is because they've been involved in this line of work employers will discriminate against them because they've been involved in this kind of work that's another thing is like once you enter sex work publicly like you're you're kind of in it you know you can delete all your content and all this other stuff but people still remember and people still save your stuff so it's like you know if only fans leaves and i go to work at mcdonald's well that doesn't change the fact that i still put myself out there in a really intense way and if i'm not able to make money off of that well then for some people it might not be worth it and that's mm. really scary to mm. think about and so yeah we could just go to mcdonald's or we could just grab another job but that doesn't change the fact that we invested into a brand and we turned ourselves into a brand and mm -hmm. that you know, that's a lot of work that some people don't understand. I, I think you, you kind of hit the nail on the head with that as well. Like you are, you become your brand. This isn't you're yeah. working for a company and, and you represent the company. No, you become the thing on the line. If the if you work for a company and there's a scandal with the company and the company goes down, the workers can, you know, go and work for different companies. Right, right. If, if you're working for yourself and you are putting yourself in that position, you are the face of that. Absolutely. Like, yeah. You you can't change your fit. Well, I guess you can plastic surgery, but you know right, what right. I mean. Like you can't, you know, it, it, you can't reboot that sort of thing. Right. It's like if if uh, you know someone like Austin Wolf decides to not do porn anymore and he's working at FedEx. It's like people are still going to know him as Austin Wolf, and mm -hmm. and that that image yeah. sticks with people for better or for worse. And so, it, it's not something that we can just fix overnight. And then you add the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic and that you know hiring is is a clusterfuck and some places won't hire you if you are vaccinated or if you're not and all of that stuff it's probably the hardest time ever to be employed and that's why so many people are not employed um, and, and only fans gave us a way to make money during that which is why it became so popular during the pandemic yep and that's exactly what i was gonna say like it took yeah, an yeah. explosion with the pandemic hit fully especially in america like because the uk locked down before america did and like even over here like people were getting into it and like i've known yeah. people that were into it before and like they they did it just like the feet pictures and things like that and, and right. like stuff like that but then when the pandemic hit like i'm talking to people and like people that i would not because there's a particular type of person that does this or anything but people that i'd spoken to over the years that like i could never see going into this line of work based on interactions i'd had with them turn around turning around to me and going oh yeah like i'm, I'm thinking of starting an OnlyFans and i'm doing this i'm like i mean go you go get that bag right, but right. also hmm. like it kind of shows that people will like they want to work they want to find income and that oh, that yeah. will shift and the pandemic shifted the way that we looked at work and honestly shifted the way we looked at sex work and it just seems to me at least it seems like corporate hasn't kept up with that 
Absolutely not. I think work culture <laughs> across the world is, is very much shifting. I think a lot of people have realized how valuable their time is because、mm-hmm. they have so much of it. And, like, you know, yes, we do have survival, and some people are privileged in different ways to where that's something that's always in your mind, or maybe you don't have to think about survival.、Mm-hmm. But I think this pandemic has really shifted the way that we look at labor in general and, and how we look at the relationship between a, a business and, and an employee. I think that's also another good point. Like, OnlyFans was very. It's very much like you're the creator and you're, you're in charge of yourself, this, that, and the other. And while they're not an employee, this, this is the equivalent of somewhere like, I don't know, off the top of my head, let's say Amazon, turning around and going, yeah, we're firing 80% of our like, warehouse workers. Right. Because we, you know, we can't afford to pay them anymore. Right. Uh, well, that was slightly different. It's like... Is it though? Because look at the money that's in OnlyFans. Because their entire well, thing was around like, being able to secure investment and, and payment processing and all that sort of thing. Yeah, it's, it's the payment processing. You know, Or at least that's the narrative that they're giving. Yeah. Well, yeah.、Um, that's sort of legendary. I. I, like, I I guess, I guess, were you as creators given any sort of additional information to what was put out in the press, or was it just lip service? So, I mean, I can literally read you their correspondence that、oh, they、sure. gave to me. But mind you, this、as、came after.、Uh, I, I believe I am. And if I'm not, oh well.、Um, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't signed、Fair、an、enough. NDA or some, anything like that, have you? So, mind you, we got this information after the story leaked. So, in, in some ways, you guys knew more than we did. Let me see if I、right. can find it. I can't find the specifics, but it's here. If you really want me to pull it up, I can, but. No, no, that's fine. Make that work.、Uh, anyway, though, it's just,、uh, it was kind of nebulous and it was just banning any sort of like direct, explicit sexual contact. And the way that it left us with was thinking that the only content creators that would survive are people who do like really tasteful nudity and like、mm-hmm. kind of like the boyfriend girlfriend experience. And then these kind of clean cut、mm-hmm. content creators that OnlyFans is willing to advertise publicly.、Um, yeah. And I think, I think it's interesting as well. Like a lot of the media coverage that I've seen on this points to the Sesta Foster like, laws that came into America, etc. And a lot of them seem to forget that OnlyFans is a UK company. Right. It's a UK based company. And I'm not saying there's not legal issues there because there are. And I'm not saying like、oh, yeah, yeah. these things yeah, may not have influenced because, you know, pay, yeah, lot payment processes are American,、yeah. etc. Right, But right. like it bears pointing out. Like, oh, absolutely. That definitely just, matters. Like, it's, it's not just like this was a rule change in America and, oh, you know, think of the children, this, the other. It's, like, it's not that straightforward. And that, it, it also points out, like, this is not just. There's a very kind of American and English centric view of this that I've seen. It's not just that. This, this is an international company. Absolutely. We're not, we're、mm-hmm. not talking about just sex workers in the UK and America. We're, like, we're talking around the world. Like a lot yeah, of people were using、yeah. this platform, I, and people underestimate how many sex workers there are. And Very how much many so. There's, there's millions of us, and it, you know, OnlyFans is probably the biggest website that offers what it does, you know, especially with how Pornhub has really been cracked down. Visa and MasterCard no longer accept payments, so anyone that was successful on Pornhub can no longer offer custom videos.、Mm-hmm. So there's really no other platform. Other than you know, the handful of ones that have really been making themselves known lately that allow for this experience of paying for custom content.、Um, you know, and some of us love that. We love custom content. And the,、mm-hmm. I love being able to pay people、um, for their time and for their effort and for their energy in a way that's fair and is respectful、um, because that didn't exist before. You, know, you couldn't randomly solicit someone 
to see them, it would be weird. But OnlyFans yeah. gave us a way to create that model. People go, people like very, and, like talk about this is like, oh, they're doing this to make ends meet, this, that, and the other. It's like, it's not <clears> that. Like, people want to do this, you know? I mean, hell, if you'd have told me in my 20s, like, hey, like, you can do this without the guilt, and you can do this, like, this processing, this, like, if this was back then, I'd have done this, you right. know? This is not... Uh, it's nothing new. The difference is it's accessible now. Absolutely. And some people don't like that. Some people think mm -hmm. that, you know, pornography is like corrupting society and it's corrupting our values. And I think there's validity to certain parts of that. But to make it such a blanket argument to assert that porn is just bad is just it's ignorant and it's not going to change anything because people want to see titties and that's never going to change. And that's just that's who we are. And that's what we are. <laughs> and that's how we got here. <laughs> It's just your phrasing there just caught me off guard. <laughs> oh, I know. But you, like you said, it is the oldest industry that we have. It's, you know, we, oh, yeah. we love it. And people can pretend that they don't. But, you know, I see the analytics of the people who subscribe to me and they're from all over the world. They're all age groups that you can imagine. And people mm -hmm. just love porn. And that's never going to change. I'm curious as a content creator because this is like this, this is going to be me being a little bit of a nerd for a moment, and like, I, th I think you'll ride with me on this. Does it fascinate you to find out like where people get your content? Oh, like, when we, we like we get a little bit of a breakdown for the podcast from like our platforms, it's just like oh, like people listening to you in America and everything else. We get some really weird ones. Like we, we've got like a, a very dedicated listener over in um, uh, South Korea, I think it is. And like, like they have not missed a show, like, right. or at least I think it's the same person because obviously we don't get exact stats. <laughs> right. But like, we know like this this one this one listener in South Korea hits us within twenty four hours of every show going live. Absolutely, okay, this, and this, this South huge... Korean person is now freaking out that we're talking about. <laughs> They're like, shit, they know who I am. No, I mean, analytics I... can be <laughs> analytics can be super super telling, and OnlyFans actually offers a lot of stuff. I get to see the breakdown of all of my subscribers and where they're from. Um, mm -hmm. And so I know most of them are from the United States. Um, you know, me and my partner were uh, an interracial couple and we do like some domination and stuff like that. And so it kind mm -hmm. of fits with in line with what we advertise. But then number two is actually the UK. And I yeah. feel like that makes a lot of sense too, just in terms of like the Western culture being a little bit similar. Um, but then after yeah. that, it kind of is all over the place. You know, I've got people from, from China, from South Korea, um, just, just everywhere you can imagine. Uh, and it's just, it's so fascinating to see like the diversity and how, how much we can reach people all across the world. Um, mm. Because sometimes you do get in your little bubble and you think of your country or your state or wherever you live, but porn can, is really international and it crosses all borders and sexualities and that's what makes it so cool. It's almost like everybody fucks. Almost, you would think, <laughs> like that's how we got here. It's, it's amazing and I love it. Um, it's also cool because you can just see like the collective watch time of your different videos and see what catches the eye. Um, or even just going on Pornhub, you can see what's favorited more, what gets more views in 24 hours. And there's kind of a study to it. And it, it really has made me appreciate just like human nature and appealing to gazes and what is it that makes people want to look at something yeah. independent of how we actually feel. Because um, we're mostly driven by what we look at and what we covet. And so- Oh yeah, I, like I we, we can definitely relate to that because there's been an element of that for us. Like we, we have an idea what, what, what shows of ours, like what kind of content that we do does better. Absolutely. Uh, oh yeah. And so that's all part of the I mean, game of being a content creator is learning to yeah. appreciate that. And also how can I move with the current or against exactly. it and all of that? 
trying mm-hmm. to adapt. Yeah, very much so. So I guess my question to you then is. Where do what you now? see this going? <laughs> yeah, essentially, yeah. what now? Like, where do you see this going now? Because, as you've said, like, not comfortable, not necessarily comfortable on OnlyFans, but that had been kind of a thing for a while. Right. There's so many other other companies that popped up. People are doing independence, etc. Like, if, if, like, say you're looking forward a couple of years down when right. this has settled down, sort of thing, and we know where this is, etc. Where do you think? I guess the trajectory is right now. I mean. I have no trust in OnlyFans as a result of what happened. Um, mm-hmm. I was already losing trust, but it's there. And I think that most smart content creators would agree that it, it would not be smart to place our trust in this company. Um, I'm also not going to place my trust in any company, not Pornhub, not any of the places that I host my stuff. It's just not a safe bet. Mm-hmm. Um, I can also say that OnlyFans has opened more doors for me than any opportunity I've ever had in my life. I've been a gig economy worker and a hustler my whole life. Uh, I'm a slam poet and a performer. And so I know how to make ends meet and to set up gigs for myself. But OnlyFans was the first thing that took me from being on unemployment to paying off all of my loans and opening doors and just allowing me to really live the life that I've always wanted and that I never thought I could have. And so I am grateful for OnlyFans for giving me that, but I do not need them uh, to keep that mentality or to keep that mindset. I think a lot of the most successful content creators on OnlyFans are entrepreneurs. And it wasn't until OnlyFans that you learn that you can be an entrepreneur with your pussy, which is amazing, (laughs) but it's true. And it's like, that's, you know, I've got a $30,000 boy pussy because of OnlyFans. And I love that. And I love that I can own that. Um, And so even if it closes today and it's done, I still have this fire inside of me of, I created something and I have a brand that people are interested in and they're going to follow me wherever I go mm-hmm. and even if I stop in 10 years it's going to be one of those things of like hey whatever happened to that wasp hunter video da, 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 just like how it is for other content creators who yeah. have either retired or taken a step back oh yeah um, but the industry isn't going away and so that's why it's so much fun do you think that it's going to be okay because I this is going to sound like a weird question to me because I guess this industry is forever growing kind of thing you only have to look at the passage of time but like right do you think this is kind of the start of like an explosion in these things? Because to me, it seems very much that with the closure of this, the discourse has changed. Or at least from my perspective, it seems to have changed. Because I can't imagine having seen like Stephen Colbert, etc., talking about porn on late night in a way that right. wasn't taking the piss and let's be fair they were being comedic about it but they were pointing out that OnlyFans has just like turned its back on porn it's the equivalent of you know Subway not selling sandwiches anymore right (laughs) you know yeah it's so yeah um it's it's uh, for the first time not selling weapons right (laughs) um I mean it's great that it's becoming a part of the conversation and you know that all these people are talking about it it was number one on Twitter you know people were making jokes some people were disappointed some of us were just you know in shambles but I think it's the first time in a long time that pornography has become a part of the mainstream conversation and sex workers and and you know it's it's just a really important thing and i hope that the conversation continues and that it doesn't just end because only fans pulled an uno reverse card mm. um mm. but who knows i think the best thing that came out of this though was just learning how many sites there are out there that support this kind of content and that are welcoming sex workers to these websites yeah um you know i can tell you that if i would have never done OnlyFans and I learned that it was closing down, there would have been a huge pool of regret inside of me. 
because I've had an OnlyFans since 2018, but I only really cracked the Da Vinci Code this year with it. But I could tell you if I never gave it an honest try and I thought that it was gone forever, I would have been really bummed out. And I'm, so, I'm, sorry, go on. Oh no, I just, I think this is an opportunity for anyone who's ever been interested in sex work. Um, they should still give it a try because there might not be as many avenues to do it. Um, but I don't know, everybody has to decide what's what's best for them. I would have been really bummed if I heard about this news and never tried it. But now that I'm in it, I'm gonna try to be as successful as I can and get the most out of the experience. And I know that it might not end or it might not continue or whatever. And I think we should say at this point, like you are, a, like we've talked to, like we've spilled a lot of tea on OnlyFans like over the course of, of this, but like you are a big like proponent of I guess doing this kind of thing like me and you have had conversations and I'm sure you won't mind me sharing this <laughs> yeah, where me and you were talking about like you were saying to me it's like if you enjoy this you could think of actually doing this and like monetizing this sort of thing and like Absolutely. we've had that conversation and like you are not somebody who is like on the platform but against or, like on the platforms but against this one you're somebody who very much like is all for like growing this out and encouraging people to do it and sort of like I guess taking hold of your truth, you know? Absolutely, because you know, the the freedom that I got from OnlyFans really did change my life because like I said, I've I've been hustling and I've had all of these jobs my whole life, but for the first time ever, I feel like I have this agency and I do feel like an entrepreneur and I do feel like I have control over my future. Um, you know, and I'm also not a nine to five person. I'm not mm -hmm. a labor person. That's not what I have to offer. Some of us, the most we have to offer is our labor. And for some people, it's our ideas. And it doesn't mean that one person is elevated over one other person. It's just that society makes more use of people that can do things with their hands and that can show up. And yep. it doesn't have to be that way. You know, there are little young people who don't even... Uh, outside of the world of sex work, there are young people that just make videos on TikTok and are really funny and are comedians and they can create an entire brand and that's mm -hmm. fucking yeah. incredible. Um, and I think that mentality is the thing that we need to hone in on. It doesn't even need to be sex work. If you're funny, if you're you know, smart, if you're creative, if you can sing, like you can become a superstar in your bedroom mm -hmm. if you've got you know, the lightning in a bottle talent and you know how to market it in the right way. Um, yeah. So I guess my question is, um, if someone were to start doing sex work on OnlyFans or equivalent platforms any any advice or tips that you may give them um never do something that you don't want to do um only share what you're interested in um what's what's the other thing and, and just to always always have fun with it you know there are there are so many things that i wish i knew now when i first started but i feel like you kind of just have to go on that journey on your own i think the biggest thing is just to always have agency always be willing to tell people no when you don't like something and if you don't feel comfortable you you can always shut it down i mean i don't want to say that you can just pull all your stuff off of the internet and that no one will ever recognize it but you really are in control of of the material and it's really empowering to know that people come to you for that and that i don't know it's it's just yeah. really amazing i mean i'm not in the industry but the other thing i would say to anyone getting involved in any sort of creative endeavor also is take the time to know your rights like intellectual property law is murky mm. i'm not going to lie about that because you know it changes region to region and you need you need to be sure what things are where you're at but <clears throat> if you understand how the law works and you're able especially if you're able to talk to someone who is legally trained or you or you can get the legal training in it like you can 
really take hold of your idea and your because Absolutely. it's called intellectual property for a reason yeah and and i guess a better answer to your question is just like being in control and being able to sell your own product kind of removes you from like this circle of labor that so many people yeah. are like locked in and entrenched in and when we think about the pandemic and what's going on like it's harder than ever to participate in capitalism if you're not already well off and so Honestly, you know, OnlyFans is kind of like a way to cheat that system and to unplug yourself from the matrix of capitalism. Um, you know, a lot of the things that people already do in their own personal life can be monetized in the realm of porn. Even mm -hmm. if it's just regular vanilla lovemaking between two Stepford couples, like there is an audience for something like that. Yeah. Or if it's something, you know, more kinky and you have leather and piss and all this other stuff, like that's fine too. No matter who you are or how you look, there is an audience for it. Um, you know, when I was looking at all of the comments uh, about OnlyFans, one of the content creators I followed was like like a 60-year-old woman who made her own OnlyFans a couple of months ago. And she has oh, wow. this brand of she's like this big bodied, beautiful woman with silver hair. And she she was able to turn that into something that is entirely her strength. Mm -hmm. And it's just like wow. I think that is one of the, the the secret bit of magic of pornography is that all of the things that you're insecure about can actually be the reason that you're a superstar. And, and it could be the reason that someone clicks on your video rather than that person's video. Mm -hmm. um, and so, again, just the things that you're already doing, you can make money off of. You don't have to show your face. You don't have to give up your identity, um, but you can still sell something and people will buy it because it's new and they've never seen it before. I think I think maybe that's a good point for us to kind of segue across and say to you. So, like that being the case, and like you you can sell what what you're doing, etc. What is it that you're doing at the moment? Like, where can people find you? Um, so, uh, I'm on a lot of websites. Um, if you're interested in like gay interracial domination, you've probably already seen me within the past couple of months. Um, but I go by the name Wasp Hunter. Um, OnlyFans is kind of my main platform, but I'm also on Just for Fans. I post on Reddit, I post on Pornhub. Um, so if you're into things like that, um, that's a big part of what we do. And so that's that's where you can find me, uh, at Wasp Hunter. You also have a Twitter handle, is that correct? I do. Um, my Twitter handle is the Wasp Hunter because Wasp Hunter was taken. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I, I tried. <laughs> I just wanted to use Wasp Hunter. No worries. I don't think this is right. <laughs> so anyway, I think we've, I guess, spill as much tea on OnlyFans as we can at this point like mm. like this is a conversation that's going to keep going on and it's like it's probably important to know at this point like this is an evolving situation like yeah, very much so this okay. whole thing this whole timeline is basically a week long yeah mm. I, and that is literally what it is like the news broke the day that we put our last episode to publish because right. I said when our last episode went up it's just like we can't like get on this right now. I put this on Twitter, like this yeah. is happening. We can't do it because we've already published. So yeah. like, this is literally a changing situation. And by the time we put this out, the situation may have changed as well. Exactly. But it was important to me that like, we get you to come on here and talk about this because I think one thing that has been really stood out to me with all of this is the media need to not just talk about the companies involved, but talk to the people involved and that that's like that's been one of my big takeaways and i think it's important that we do hear from creators like yourself creators like like you mentioned i don't know if you know her, her name um but like the creator that you just mentioned that's that's made her brand like as an older woman that, that, that's right, putting right. herself out there you know these are real stories these are real people so like if anything that we've said like in this show now 
is changed or not true at the time that we put it out. Like this is a constantly moving target, so right. you know. But yeah. shall we uh, take that forward and move over towards the? Should we do the five minute Marvel first? Shall we do five minute Marvel? Yeah. Okay, yeah. One. All right. So it's been an interesting couple of weeks for it's the Marvel been, Universe. <laughs> been um, where do we want about. to start? Because there's been What If, there's been Spider-Man, there's been Eternals. Like, someone uh, pick one to start. Um, I'm a little out of the loop, so maybe you guys can, can cue me in a little bit. Let's start with Shang-Chi because it's coming up in, in, a, in a few days. Oh, okay. yes, let's start with Shang-Chi. Please, let's start. With, like, I would happily start with Shang-Chi. <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> like... like Marvel is putting out like twenty trailers. <laughs> yeah, like what really? fascinates me. I can't me is, keep up. What fascinates me is there's still Shang Chi trailers coming out, and yet the Eternals yeah. has already had its final trailer. I know. <laughs> it's like they have, well, they have labelled it as final trailer. I don't know if it's actually going to be the final trailer. Oh, I don't know. I'd like Who the knows? Eternals looks good. Like I was yeah, very was on the good. fence with the Eternals because yeah. it didn't seem like it was much. It just yeah, felt the, the, a bit generic. The first trailer was very generic, and then the, the final, quote-unquote, trailer, ooh, mm. that, 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 that makes a massive difference. And the last one, some of the powers that we're seeing from them kind of make me think X-Men, which has exactly. me super excited because I was an X-Men exactly. kid. <laughs> it's definitely interesting. I must admit I'm a little out of the loop with the MCU just because they're such a dominant force and they're able to release like so much media that if I take yeah. even like a year or two off, it's like, where are we now? Like, What is the nearest thing? But... I do think it's really fascinating just like from Iron Man until now how this has expanded into like the biggest like intellectual yeah. property that mm -hmm. we're able to like watch it's amazing I would say if you're out of the loop now is possibly the best time to get back in because if you pick up Disney Plus I think everything but one movie is on there now so like okay. if you pick that up and like uh, they even have a chronological order like playlist you can yeah. go through so you can like watch it back to back to back and then like pick up like in a month or so once you've got through that apart from now, I wonder Spider-Man with some of these big Marvel releases that are coming out are they going straight to streaming services or are they still trying to do theatrical releases uh so but I know Shang-Chi is doing the theatrical okay yeah Eternals is theatrical I think they're a little bit gun shy on the uh digital release after the whole Black Widow uh, oh, which yeah, is what I wanted to segue filed. into because the only uh, MCU drama that I'm kind of aware of is like the ScarJo situation but mm -hmm. even then I kind of follow it like peripherally so I'm wondering like as people that are more like into the MCU universe how does that look to you? What does that look like? That to me is uh... that to me is Disney being very fast and loose with the way that they played that like Bearing in mind that, like, what we're hearing is coming out in little spits and spurts, like, the key takeaway seems to be what was understood as industry standard language. Uh, and it seems that Disney have played this a little fast and loose. And whether they're right. like, I mean, it'll all come out in court whether it's the truth or not, but allegedly right. they, they've ended up paying ScarJo more than they would have. If that's I true, I don't know. I guess that's for the courts to find out. Like, okay. So it was the crux of it that her her movie Black Widow went straight to streaming when it should have been a theatrical release, or that it was both at the same time, or something like that? It, it was both at the same time. Okay, and that wasn't um, what was in the fine print, I guess. No, my understanding was not, that the way the contract yeah. was phrased, it was meant to be theater only at the start. Yeah. 
like honestly yeah. I don't really care about that situation it's, it's, it doesn't really affect what, what I'm seeing yeah. true true I mean I care I care in so much as I want them Indeed. to be ethical you know yeah, yeah. Um, Shang-Chi is the next release I'm all over that like I I mean similarly like oh I mean I, I, I'm, let's take it this way I'm taking a handkerchief to mop up the drool <laughs> so, oh, there's already enough photos of him topless and things in the trailer and I'm all over that <laughs> oh yeah there's something for everybody the Tom Holland uh, Far From Home trailer that just dropped as well no way is home. insane so yes far, No Way Home is insane oh yeah um, oh yeah Sinister Six in the Find MCU something. yes please mm-hmm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Doctor Strange That's no longer being Doctor a, a Strange, lot. but Stephen. <laughs> there is so That's much interesting. Happened. I don't know so, how I feel about that. that there's uh, a point in that no, trailer. Doctor Strange like, is still Doctor Strange. We saved half uh, the universe together. We're beyond Sir. It's like, mm, are you though? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like Daddy come back. <laughs> beautiful. And then beautiful. there's What If, which what I think if, we'll do What uh, If more next episode. Series. But like, I've got a few problems with What If. I, I, I'm not the biggest fan. I mean, I think it's a good sidetrack, like a, a bit of a sideshow for me. Uh, what if it's not? Yeah, it's a nice side piece, but I, I, it's meant to be part of the main MCU canon. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Yeah. Excelsior! <laughs> Great. And that was the five minute Marvel, which is always a mad rush to try and get through everything because nothing will happen in the MCU for a while, and then everything will. Yeah, that's <laughs> about how it exactly. Why did we skip it last time? <laughs> we knew there was so much going on. Because anyway. last time there'd only been What's If come out and only one episode at that point. <laughs> so, we talk about that episode. Yeah. with that said, shall we talk about joysticks what's on the joysticks, joysticks and round time. the show yeah. out? Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, shall we start with you, Hunter? What are you playing at the moment? Oh, goodness. Um, let me show you, because I've been on a little retro kick lately. I uh, recently uh, updated my Nintendo GameCube, and I've been like on that kind of gay Peter Pan not wanting to grow up syndrome. No way. So I've been buying things from eBay. Um, I was actually streaming it a little earlier when we were talking, but my GameCube collection is slowly uh, increasing. And so I've got wow. Blood Omen 2, uh, Legacy of Kane, a really great classic. Um, mm-hmm. Probably where my fascination for buff pale white guys began. I mean, six pack. It's fantastic. Um, in addition to that, in my repertoire, I have Gauntlet Dark Legacy, which is my favorite game of all time. Um, mm-hmm. At some point, I'd love to have the Green Jester tattooed on me, so it's a, it's a good one. Uh, we've got Mystic Heroes, 007, Metal Gear Solid, which Classic. is one of my yep. favorite video game series of all time. Wait, they released Metal Gear Solid on the GameCube? Is they it, did. Is it's it, a, which version is it? The Twin Snakes. Oh! Yes, and so this was the first Metal Gear Solid game I played, and uh, Solid Snake is was like the first guy I ever had a crush on. He was just, <laughs> I think, like him and Danny Phantom or something yeah. like that. Isn't, um, it, isn't it like fascinating how like that happens, like certain video game characters, etc. And and when I'm so young too, like before I've even had my sexual awakening, and I'm still like I don't know what it is, but Solid Snake man, and like his <laughs> muscles and the way that he was tied up in that room, it, it stirred something in me. So that's a good one. Um, I've also got Spyro, A Hero's Tale. Um, good game. Little gay boy loves a Spyro. Oh, yes. uh, my favorite fighting game ever, Bloody Roar, Primal Fury. Just a complete classic. If no one's ever played it, they should definitely try it. And then the last two would be in any GameCube. Uh, collector's repertoire super mario sunshine and super smash bros so okay i have to ask who do you mean on smash brothers oh god it's been so long i 
probably say either Kirby or maybe I'd probably say Kirby. I'm okay. trying to think. Did did the Super Smash Bros. Melee was that the one that had Solid Snake in it, or was it the newer one? No, that was the newer one. Okay, so then yeah, the newer one I would always go Solid Snake, but the older one I probably do like maybe <laughs> Kirby. Yeah. Okay. I was always a Samus main. Uh, okay, Samus I like or that. Toon Link. Okay. I like that a lot. What but, about uh, you? Yeah. Right. What about you, Chris? What's on your joysticks? My joysticks. Um, so I've been playing a bit of Hades, uh, but I want to talk about 12 minutes today. Okay. Well, can I just stop you one second and go, how are you finding Hades in terms of the art style and why do you love Daddy Zagreus? <laughs> 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 I mean, uh, God, the, the, uh, the art style is the art oh, style I, in that I, game. I, is just, I just can't describe it. It's just, yeah. So what's yeah, you said you would play absolutely beautiful. Twelve minutes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'll talk about Hades another time. Mm-hmm. Hades. I mean, talked about on the show before by you already. Anyway. So uh, yeah, I've been playing twelve minutes, which is a game kind of a kind of a mystery game that is of a, of a man stuck in a time loop uh, it's got an interesting cast as well yes yeah James McAvoy Daisy oh, Ridley I like that and William mm. Defoe is it and William Defoe interesting yeah. like, I, I've seen a little yeah, bit of it voice played, I've not actually played it myself yet the voice acting was amazing mm. yeah uh, it, it's basically a point to click Kind of kind of adventure, so so I I did it on my PC because okay yeah nice. pointedly it's easier to do it, um yeah uh fascinating story uh very clever mechanics mm. um yeah very very clever um well very clever story uh, storytelling style um the ending got a bit convoluted right <laughs> um. Like there was, there was just too much information being given to you at at once. Like once the the final twist has been given, and I'm like right. everything has been given to you all at once. But yeah, without any spoilers. Um, I mean, it's it's quite a short game anyway. So yeah, it struck me as a fairly because that game was announced what three years, four years ago, mm. and it struck me as a relatively short game that got a interesting amount of hype yeah Um, Yeah. because it never struck Um, me as being a game that I would particularly gravitate towards but for some reason it captured a lot of people Okay, I've got to say though the the animation is clunky yeah from what I've seen I have to agree it's very like set. You've got people like overlapping into each other, that mm. kind of thing. Like, from what I saw, that it's very much like if this thing happens, it must happen in this particular part of the floor and only this particular part of the floor, and things like that. And it, it, oh yeah, it oh. reminded me of. Uh, and Hunter, you might get where I'm coming from with this, but like early like GameCube and like PlayStation games where it had a set animation that happened in a set place and it would always force you into this set place for the animation. Oh, yeah. Because oh, it, yeah. Was, it was coded that, like, rigidly. Yeah. Like, from the videos standard. I've seen of it. Yeah. So, like, quite a few times in the game I have tried to basically stab myself. Right. that resets the time loop. 
Mm-hmm. I, 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 I fucked up something, so I stabbed myself to reset the time loop. And where I am, let's make clear. <laughs> no stabbing in real life. Wherever I am in the apartment, my character would always walk back to the living room in order to stab himself. So what I'm hearing is your partner is a drama. Yeah, no part. Yes, you're, I am a drama queen. Um, your your player character is a drama queen and wants to make sure that everyone in the household can see you. <laughs> it's like, why? Would you recommend it though? Um, oh, 50 50. It strikes me as one of those games that if you've got Game Pass, play it on Game Pass. But I'm not sure I would pick it up. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Fair enough. Uh, for myself, so, I have been playing... Yeah. I, so I'm never sure with the title of this, whether it's just Dungeon Boyfriend or My Dungeon Boyfriend, because to me it seems like it should be My Dungeon Boyfriend. Um, which is, is it Dungeon a, Boyfriend or Dungeon Boyfriends? Uh, I think it's Dungeon Boyfriend. Uh, I will double check. But uh, no, it's just Dungeon Boyfriend. Oh, wait. Okay, work this out. On the Xbox, it tells you that it is called Dungeon Boyfriend, but on the logo, it reads Boyfriend Dungeon. It's Boyfriend Dungeon. It's on Steam as Boyfriend Dungeon. It's on all the the YouTube material as Boyfriend Dungeon. When I just pulled up my achievements on on the mobile app, it said Dungeon Boyfriend, so I don't know what's happening there. (laughs) That or I'm being very (laughs) dyslexic. Um, But, like, it's... It's a weird... It's a weird little game. It's... A cross between a dating simulator, a dungeon crawler, okay. and almost kind of like you know the JRPG overworld thing that you'd get where you're like running through cities and over like continents, etc. Right, right. So like that's kind of your interspersal. Your like main body is the dungeon fighting because you're fighting through the dungeons with the boyfriends from the dating simulator. I like it. Because most of them can turn into weapons. Yeah. That's like most, cool. Most of the boyfriends that you find tra- can transform into weapons. And that's the way that you date, by fighting through these dungeons together. I love that. <laughs> it's oh, a man. weird little concept. Mm. Okay. I just love so the from, idea... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. From what I've seen from the material, the protagonist is female... Has she got to be female, or can you choose? So it actually gives you a little bit of a choice. Because okay. The, okay. the character model, if you just saw the character model in the default, you would probably go to it being female. Yeah. You can change the model somewhat, but I don't think it really changes like the uh, perceived gender, gender that much, uh, unless uh, you change right. the hair and, and certain other things. But... When you start up the game, it asks you what pronouns you want to use. Oh. It asks okay. you. Uh, it gives you um, content warnings for uh, violence, and it gives you another one that I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, sure. And it also asks. There's a character that will sometimes text you that is named Mum. Hmm. And it will ask you if you actually are okay with that, and it can disable it because it's not game critical, and they know that for some people that would be too uh, emotionally taxing. 
So it, it's actually like wow. ticked a lot of the boxes really well for like inclusivity. That's yeah. awesome. uh, I think there's. Yeah. I, that's that's well done. I haven't checked this, so I may be speaking out of term. And if I am, I apologise. But like, I think there's a few disability access options in the um, uh, like menu system for that as well. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, I love that. It's kind of impressive how they've done it. I'm not very Sounds far like a into it. Super queer dungeon crawler. Yeah, like yeah. I'm. It's one of those games that I'm kind of picking up and doing in bursts. It's not something I can like sit down and do in long sessions because, I mean, the dungeon crawler thing maybe is, but the other two genre types that it kind of combines into this one aren't really my dig usually. But there is something enjoyable about them in short bursts. So I'm enjoying my time with that. Nice. Okay. I. I nice. It, it's another one of those games that I'd say like, if you've got Game Pass, pick it up and give it a go and see if it's your thing. Otherwise, maybe watch a playthrough or two and just see if it's the type of game that you think you would get on with first. But okay. that's not that's to say fair. it's a bad game. That's just to say it's no, not necessarily for everyone. Just give I mean, it a shot. I do first. get on with like visual novels and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, so I might pick it up. On that note, I realize I have four more GameCube games that I didn't show you guys. <laughs> <laughs> sure. One of them is the best one on the GameCube, so I, I would be remiss not to. Oh, hold it. no, 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 hold on, because this depends what this though? is, because we may have a difference of opinion here. Because <laughs> I think Super Mario Sunshine is pretty hard to beat. It's well, no, it's, it's amazing, but I feel like this game changed the entire genre that it was a part of. Um, okay, now I'm intrigued. Resident Evil Four. Uh oh, not convinced. I see the hesitation. So here's my thing. I'm not the biggest fan of the Resident Evil gameplay and that style of game. Just like as a general thing. Okay, sure. So I, that's just yeah, a personal yeah, angle. I don't, yeah, I don't disagree with you. I so. realize, I, the reason I appreciate it is because it kind of changed the format of Resident Evil, whereas before it was like kind of the awkward camera in different mm-hmm. random places, whereas mm-hmm. Resident Evil gave you over the shoulder. It combined like action and horror, but it still was primarily horror. And I think that no other game other than like maybe Dead Space has captured that kind of mix of genres. Right. Um, I'm also biased because I think Resident Evil 4 is one of the greatest games ever made. I think it is perfect. Um, I mean, to be fair, like I have heard quite a few people say like that game was the moment sort of thing. It was, and maybe just I remember being like 12 years old and getting a game and be like, "What the fuck!" But it was just so awesome. (laughs) So I have that. Um, I have Geist, which is another game that mechanically is one of the most. It's really amazing. Um, The Cliff Notes version is that you're like a, a person who's murdered. And now your spirit is like roaming like a military base in a facility and you're like possessing other soldiers and uh, like solving the mystery. And like, it's just so cool. You like take possession of all of these things. And it's one of the most unique gameplay features oh, I've ever seen. need to find this. This sounds it's fascinating. It's Geist. It is amazing. No other game has been like that unique in terms of its features. So that's a good one. Um, you know, Spider-Man, because why not? That game. I'm a Tobey Maguire Spider-Man fan, though. I've I've not been able to let Tobey Spider-Man go. Which there was something about that portrayal, as cheesy as it was at times. There was something about that portrayal. It's a weird hill to die on, but I'll stay there. (laughs) Um, Reign of Fire, which is another really good one. Um, I think they made. I think it's based off of the film. Um, I'm not sure, but if you like dragons and military and and stuff like that, didn't that get a remake a few years ago? I want to say that it did and that the remake was not great. Right, okay. 
no most idea. Most video game adaptations <laughs> are not great. And then the last one is uh, Batman Vengeance has some of the best cutscenes. Uh, they're just they're wonderful. It's great. So again, didn't my... know that game existed. It's a good one. No, it's but a good the, one. there's been a lot of good Batman mm. games, so I could definitely say that. Yeah, but uh, I think with that, that is the end of the show. Yeah, we did so, it. We we did it. We, we did got it. there. <laughs> so, what well, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram, TBNJ Podcast, and on catch our Twitch stream uh, at TBNJ Podcast. Uh, leave a message for us, anchor.fm forward slash TBNJ Podcast. Well, you get that, ladies and gentlemen. He did it all, and I didn't have to prompt him this time. <laughs> uh, you said it was the end of the show. Although, Chris, you did miss one. Damn Uh-oh. <laughs> Mastodon. There yes. we go. Uh, yeah. TV and Joe podcast at Wolf.Group. There we go. And I, just so uh, you can plug yourself again, Hunter, where are you? What are you working on? Yeah, just a, a last-minute plug. So you can find me on Just for Fans and OnlyFans um, as Wasp Hunter and then also on Twitter as The Wasp Hunter. And you've got more content on the way, I'm presuming? All day, every day. A new video just went up last night after our week sabbatical with OnlyFans, so we're back in business, um, and we will go until we can't. Awesome. Well, thank you very Thanks much for listening, you. everyone. That has thank been the show for the week. On. We shall be back in a couple of weeks' time. Goodbye. Yes. Peace. Bye. This episode of the Teabags and Joysticks podcast is edited by TBJ Sai. The title music is Quarter Conundrum by Kit D.O.A.K. and the soundboard consists of royalty-free music. We'd once again like to extend our thanks to Wasp Hunter for joining us and making this episode possible, and we hope that you enjoyed it. We'll catch you next time. Goodbye.